Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Janine Between the Lines Literature and Lifestyle for Leisure. I know it's probably long overdue, and I completely understand if this is an episode you decide to skip over because everyone's kind of looking for an escape out of this uh, pandemic culture. I wonder if I can term that. Maybe trademark it. But as you all know, which actually, do you all know? Have I updated since my career change? It hasn't been much of a change. I'm a traveler nurse now. And um, today's episode is going to be an OTT. 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 Also, we should play a game. How many location changes can I have in the span of publicly broadcasting this podcast because I'm in a new 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 place now and hopefully this one will stick around for at least a year or two I moved over to Virginia right outside the DC area with my partner in crime and yeah today is today's episode um I thought it would be really fun to kind of um record an episode some people uh, wanted to call it the covid chronicles i've just decided to call it the covid chronicles <laughs> uh, so basically i've got a few recordings and submissions from a few of my colleagues and friends who share the same profession as me in some sense or just our healthcare professionals during this time. And I kind of wanted to get their uh, perspective, short little submittals of how the pandemic has affected them. And I'm kind of going to start it out with a conversation that I had with two of my closest friends back in Nashville. So if you're excited, And if you want to hear what we as nurses think about this uh, little COVID-19 time of our lives, then just keep on listening. The listeners have met um, Riley before because we did one together. Sydney, you need to listen to that one. But I'm a repeat guest. She is a repeat guest, but everyone, this is Sydney Connor. Sydney, introduce yourself and tell us one interesting thing about you. An interesting thing? Can you know, that's a little putting me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm a nurse like Riley and yourself. Hmm. I work at Vanderbilt um, from New England, and I don't know. We are just she can sail. Yeah, like that's to- what I was gonna say. <laughs> I like to ski and I sail and do things outside. And you're a freaking smoke show, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I I've been debating on like the way that I kind of want to structure it is we'll kind of go around and either Riley or Sydney, I want you to tell me your thoughts on COVID-19 when it first started hitting social media. Because my first impression of it, I feel a little bit ignorant. Like being in the medical field, um, 
it kind of just emerged with memes like that's how I first was exposed to it and I kind of brushed it off yeah yeah for quite a while that is like a really good point because I vividly remember having conversations with my dad when he called on the phone and even my boyfriend Steven when he was in an airport and he was like oh kind of strange you know this coronavirus is like people are wearing masks in the airport and I was like it was a joke almost it was like oh my gosh that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like don't worry about it just wash your hands more people Mm -hmm. pass away from the flu every year Mm -hmm. so I totally agree with that I felt like we were very ignorant in January February when Mm -hmm. all was starting Mm -hmm. how about you Riley yeah I agree I'm kind of like embarrassed at how much I like shrugged it off at first Mm -hmm. especially because with like like definitely media like social media especially was how we all like first heard about it I think Mm -hmm. um and I feel like people tend to either like way overreact to these kinds of things or way underreact so I was like I'm like It'll run its course. We've gone through things like this before with, like, Ebola and Zika and H1N1, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just one of those. Like, you just keep on doing what you're doing. Wash your hands. But, I don't know. It's um, definitely more prevalent. Yeah. Very prominent. And I, I feel like I felt that way for selfish reasons, too. Because I we had a trip. We were planning to go to... Gatlinburg for a freaking girls hashtag weekend and I also had a trip to Utah and I I think I agree with that timeline it wasn't until March like beginning of March that it really started to populate in the United States Mm -hmm. and I um I just remember anyone who would ask me I would say like you'll feel like you'll know when it's serious when the yeah. healthcare professionals start to make a big deal about it. And then I was like, oh crap. Look at what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. How has your life changed? Like not even just you personally, but what's kind of different that you're seeing now that it is kind of a big thing in our like healthcare environment is pretty much the tide has changed, but like how are you coping? Are you are y'all y'all all right? Is everything <laughs> fine? Sydney, I know I know you've got a lot to say. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Riley and I have very different experiences so far yeah. because um I actually tested positive um I guess like ten days ago now. Mm-hmm. And um I'm I'm feeling physically a hundred percent recovered, but emotionally I've been so drained and so sad by all of this mm-hmm. that it's just been such an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. but um I would say like the quarantine stuff that's changed it's just like it feels like you're in a movie episode when you go out sometimes yeah. like people are it's hopping. like an apocalypse movie yeah people are hopping off the sidewalk to avoid you people yeah. are not looking each other in the eye mm. uh, you know, people in the grocery store wearing masks and, and gloves and stuff, and you just 
I feel like a lot of people just don't know how to handle this other than just to try to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But right. I don't know, Riley, can you speak to any of that or? Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird thing because it's like so important to be careful, obviously, and to like protect yourself and others by social distancing and washing your hands and only going out if like absolutely necessary Mm -hmm. um but I feel like for some people it's like made a like just this weird mentality of like fear of other people and like not like we're not being kind to one another but it's just it's just changed the way that people interact with each other Mm mm-hmm I was about to take that like way too many steps forward because I was like, are we losing our humanity? (laughs) Because in my experience, I mean, I guess you could call us essential workers, very essential at this time. But I had a patient yesterday who was there for not exactly like an emergent surgery, but um, she was there and I work in quite a small hospital where right now they're trying their best to make every room private rooms but we're used to semi-private so she was not degrading me in my hospital but she was pretty much because I'm not we're not required to wear our masks yet are you guys required to wear masks like all around your floor it changes every day yeah I think you're a lot you're welcome to wear a mask yes It's optional and it's not required. mm -hmm. What she was telling me was basically like she's popping off because one, she was put into a non private room and she was like, you know, I'm I'm a social person. I love people. I need to like, but if you guys have empty rooms, I don't understand who are the brains of this operation, but we need to be social distancing. We need to do this. I know I'm not a medical field person, I'm an accountant, but this is this. And she's like, and quite frankly, I can't believe that you're around me. Um, you're uh, not wearing a mask when you're taking care of me. And I know that you don't have symptoms, but you you have no idea if you're a carrier. This, 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 that, that, that. And she was upset. And a few of my aides were helping her. She was upset that they weren't wearing gloves with everything that they were doing. And she told me that she wears gloves to the grocery store. And yeah, I there, think it's like there's so many We've talked a lot about this on my floor. Mm-hmm. There's just like so many factors. And I've heard different stories every day about like, is wearing a mask just preventatively, like even if you don't have any symptoms, is that just a waste of a mask when there's like a nationwide mm-hmm. shortage? It's like, is it more irresponsible to wear that mask and like not have that one for when you really need it? Or is mm-hmm. it more irresponsible not to wear one even though you don't have symptoms? And it's like, a lot of like patients get angry with us and then like I like people from our like service center get kind of mad because they're the one distributing the PPE and then mm-hmm. different things from our um like educator and it's just like sometimes it's easy to feel like we're being criminalized for just trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. And, like, no one has a clear answer on, like, exactly what the right thing is. Yes. And, like, it's just weird because our job is literally to, like, help people and, like, do no harm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but usually we have like a lot more clear instructions on how not to do harm Mm -hmm. so it's weird I think in the I work in the operating room and we always wear a mask like every we're that's part of our uniform is to wear a mask in the OR Mm -hmm. so it's been kind of interesting because they typically when the times were normal we have like five to six different masks that we can choose from that our preferences people like this one versus another one because it feels better whatever the preference is but they have removed every mask we have to sign them out at the front desk at the beginning of the day oh my god we are asked to use that one mask for every throughout the whole day throughout all of our cases when in like normal situations you, you're supposed to change that mask at, during every patient or every case you know so I think that it's just so crazy to me what I've seen with the PPE issue is how they've gone back on standards mm-hmm. because yeah we've you know all of our standards we used to get in trouble for not covering our cloth hats with one of the surgical sterile hats right mm-hmm. and now they're telling us please bring your cloth hat and don't use anything else. Like you are responsible now to wash your own hat. And you know what I mean? It's just like everything that they used to go by has kind of gone out the door. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're going to run into a lot of lawsuits and stuff following Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. The patients that are in the hospital right now have the right to be very anxious and scared, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I try to put myself in the position of like, if it was like one of my parents that was in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would I want the healthcare workers to be doing around but, them? Around them. But it's just so hard to know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's a weird time to be a nurse. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're so young. We're only 24. Mm-hmm. It's not like we've been nurses for 20 years and mm-hmm. have this all under our belts. Like we are very new and still working it out. I don't like it. You know what else I've been feeling just to piggyback off of what you were saying, Sydney, what? like anxious and mm-hmm. like borderline depressed for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and did. I'm, Again, I think all of us can attest, like, you know, we're feeling, we have days when we want to go out and be freaking wild, but I'm, I'm kind of a homebody. I think that I am a homebody, but you know, that feeling when something's taken away from you and you just miss it more, even if you didn't do that certain thing, you're like, oh, it makes you sad because you can't actually do it mandated to stay inside it makes it a lot less appealing yeah and I think another thing is that we moved down to Nashville away from our families and like now more than ever I wish I was close to my family Mm -hmm. and it just makes you think I'm like I can I'm assuming there are just so many people in that same boat that aren't even nurses people that are just away from their families that can't even cross borders if they start shutting things down and if God forbid anybody gets sick, what like what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. So. Like, I I was just my one of my roommates here. She lives in Ohio, but one of her coworkers um, 
had a visitor come from Florida that was supposed to drive up. And apparently if you don't have a Florida driver's license, you're not allowed like into the state anymore. Like right. they were, oh. I, I, I'm thankful that, you know, I don't think that we would run into that problem if it was like work related, but I agree. I think as long as you can prove that you're a nurse and working during this time mm-hmm. or any critical type of employer. Employee. But I just can't believe that was one of the things too, that at first I was like, there's no way. And my boyfriend, he works, um, he's military and I remember him specifically say, sorry, Teddy, but he was like, um, he's like, no, they're not going to start controlling the borders because he was in the same boat as me. He was like, the government, it's just a ploy, like it's publicity and this, uh huh, this isn't like as serious. It's not going to last that long. And then I think about a week or two ago, he was telling me how his home state of Maryland, they were starting to, um, or they currently are starting to find people for being outside Mm -hmm. if it's not for a non-essential activity so say you're with your kids playing outside or riding your bike you could get a fine for like disobeying their government's orders right i've heard that was happening in like um some european countries too you know i don't know the details of it but i've heard that that's happening so it's just um and then like specific to nashville like we also just had the storms mm-hmm. like mm, a month yeah. ago. and for those people like now there's like shelter at home we have to stay inside and social distance but like those people that their houses were just like completely destroyed like what where they does don't that have leave a them? home to go to so it's just like another factor yeah mm-hmm. Did you see on the news that there's like a record of about 6.6 million people filing for unemployment? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, this is like kind of in relation to that. So at least at our hospital, like our census hospital wide is like lower than it's been in years because everyone's avoiding the emergency room because everyone's staying at home and doesn't want to be around people who are sick. So for units like mine, like a cardiac step-down unit, we are, our patients are like, we have 22 beds. And the other day, we only had nine patients. Mm-hmm. And they actually yesterday just closed our unit. So it makes like, so all of the nurses on my floor are like unsure how they're going to get their hours in. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we should be the most like needed staff out there mm-hmm. so it's yeah that's, that's, a added, a... that's a whole nother added stress about yeah. job mm-hmm. security and you said a, a co-worker her husband filed for unemployment yeah. so she's the only one that's yeah. bringing in any type of income and now that she's getting asked to go home early that's just yeah nerve-wracking she, she like is mm-hmm. not technically a full-time employee yeah i feel that on another level nobody uh unless you're going to a crisis state i've been talking about this to everybody because i was just on the job search i just recently signed my next contract but it was like pulling teeth yeah and i never in a million years like even in this very crucial time i was like you know everyone will always need nurses which is true 
Um, but I was searching for a job in the Virginia close to DC area. And what we were finding at least no, all three of the jobs that I submitted to, mm-hmm. they denied me. And the reasoning was um, this unit is closed uh, because I work orthopedics and they're yeah. canceling all elective surgeries. Yeah. So I was really, um, really kind of scared because I was thinking like, you know, your job security. Yeah. It's like never in a million years would I have thought that nursing would be a job that I would have trouble yeah. finding. Like, when we like first started like in nursing school or started our first jobs, that's something everyone said to me. It's like, oh, you'll have job security for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, oh, I guess nothing's mm-hmm. guaranteed. Another interesting like level to all this is that Riley and I were planning our leases up in two months yeah. here and we were planning to relocate, but now a, will we be able to drive home? B, will we be able to find jobs? Her camp might close mm-hmm. for the summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just everything is just so uncertain for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I understand. And some people could be listening and be like, yeah, well, y'all are nurses. You don't have to file for unemployment. But it's, yeah. it could be any of us. And I, I recognize that there are parts, people who are very much worse off even still and like coming from a place of privilege and the things that we are still able to, you know, live with and have a roof on our head momentarily, like nothing is sure of at the moment, but like, like we are still young and I never thought that it would kind of get to this point. Yeah. And I'm not a dramatic person. I feel like... (laughs) I I have tried everything. Yeah. Like to not downplay, but I have Oct. been very nonchalant to patients and like to my peers. And I always I even told my mom because she's dramatic. She's very dramatic. And regard even if it's not about COVID. But I told her I was like, Mom, she's very religious. I was like, the Lord told me that we shouldn't worry, that we shouldn't uh just give it all to him and whatever will happen to us it's in his will and I tell everyone they're like aren't you scared of the virus that you're gonna catch it and I'm like you know what it isn't my job I refuse to live in fear I will do everything I can to be safe and to be careful but whatever happens to me happens but well I think that I I mean if you're interested in hearing my experience of being positive and having symptoms and whatnot, I can speak to that a little bit Yeah, I need that. Um, I need it now. Bad. So like we said with the timeline, January and February, it was still very taboo. People were joking about it. um, March rolls around. The first week of March, I was on a ski trip in Denver out in Vail. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, everybody was talking about it. We even watched the outbreak on Netflix. Like it was a huge joke. And what happens is two days when I get back from my flight, I developed tight, uh, a tight chest and a cough. And I was like, no way in, no way could this be it. No way. Um, but it, you know, I texted my friend the day that I felt it and she felt it too. So we were like, okay, well, if we both have, to, like, there's no way that both of us, you know, 
and we kind of kept in contact for that week. And I said, you know, my symptoms are still there, but it's kind of developed into a head cold. I have like a runny nose. And she was like, I drank a ton of water and I feel a lot better. And her symptoms went away. Mm-hmm. So the fact that hers went away and mine kind of lingered made me think, oh, you know, this was probably just a cold from traveling. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple weeks or a couple days go by and I ended up having my period. So with having your period, you get headaches and stomach aches and all the uncomfortable things that normally happen. So I didn't really associate anything different with that even, but I still had the tight chest and I could feel it in my sternum, like right in that rib cage area. Mm-hmm. And, but then I was second guessing and I was like, could this just be anxiety of all this building up in March and being at work and hearing about the PPE short, shortage, you know, everybody was just so scared. Mm-hmm. I thought it was anxiety. I didn't go to get tested until I realized that I had no sense of smell. So as soon as I smelt, tried to smell um, some perfume and had zero sense of smell, I totally freaked out and Googled all the symptoms and saw that it was a potential symptom. Um, So I went in and I got tested. My test took six days to come back. So I called out of work for that week, Mm -hmm. waiting for my test results. And it was almost, it was funny when we got the results back because we just did, I just, I knew I had it the whole time. And we were just like, I can't believe this. We Riley and I both looked at each other and laughed when we got the results back. It was like, I don't, it's just such a weird, everything is just yeah. so weird because it, mm-hmm. I was totally okay. So it wasn't like I wasn't fighting for my life, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess on a closing note, just because my phone's on 4%, why do I always do this to myself? I know, but we've been talking for 30 minutes. Yeah. So. I know. Doesn't it go by fast? Sydney? Yeah. Um, I guess, actually, crap. I want to ask two things. Okay. We'll see how long I can last. That's what she said. <laughs> but um, how do you feel about how the government is handling this? Just from what we're able to gauge off of, you know, a as better, a member of society. A better question for Julia. <gasps> don't you think julia she's, she's so in tune with the government and what goes on she's so god i don't watch the news and i try to avoid um mr trump himself yeah yes so. okay that's okay. a good idea i'm definitely i'm is julia working is that why she's she not in my sleeping uh i see okay so i guess on a final note what is one thing um you want people to know about how to deal with COVID right now? If you were to give one piece of advice to all of my listeners out there, whether they look in the health, whether they work in the healthcare field or not. I know what I would say. Say it. Um, I would say the concern is not for the young and healthy. Um, Just Just treat yourself as if you were an asymptomatic carrier Mm -hmm. Um, because 
it's about protecting those that are at risk, like the elderly mm. or the very young or the immunocompromised. And you um, don't know how many, how easily that things like this can spread. So just be mindful and be kind and just do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. For me, I would oh. say, I think it, everyone is really going to appreciate their roles after all of this is settled and we all hopefully can return to normal life and just be thankful for you know everything that you have when you have it because I think this has really just shown a lot of people that things can change on a dime and um, nobody would have ever expected this to happen. Mm -hmm. It's a reality check. Definitely. Yeah. All right, my honeys. Thank you for freaking talking yeah, to me. You're welcome. I miss you. Love you both. Yeah. I miss you so much. One night soon. Yeah, virtual. Okay. Right. I love you guys. I'll talk to you Bye. later. Stay Bye. safe. Yeah. Hey, Janine. Oh, and uh, your followers. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> haven't done this before. Um, Captain's log. Tuesday morning. April 7th, 2020, 7.52 a.m. My name's Gabe. I'm a paramedic, and I'm getting off of work right now. I work in a large healthcare system in the northeastern Florida region. I have about five years of EMS experience between the pre-hospital and the, um, yeah, hospital setting. I'm also a nursing student in my second term. When did COVID-19 become a reality for me? It became a reality for me during spring break. I learned that a patient tested positive in the county in which I worked in. And I also learned that same day, my spring break would be extended an additional week. Um, Coming back to work while I was in spring break also validated the reality for me. Um, If it weren't for the anxiety, the concern, and the anticipation over COVID-19, I'd actually have to say the ER right now is borderline delightful. The waiting room is empty. Only true medical and trauma emergencies are making their way in. Um, Yeah. But don't get me wrong, everyone is on edge. Most of us are very fearful of, of course, transmitting it to the ones we loved and who we're staying with during this quarantine um or also have a lot of anxiety over the predicted surge really hoping that um we don't turn out to be like new york it's kind of terrifying and in addition to that just kind of frustrated with the healthcare system um and of course yeah sidebar the government obviously but we're we we're we have inadequate ppes and um disinfectant supplies yeah, that's that's really shitty. And we we've all been exposed uh directly or inadvertently. Um but moving on. Otherwise, I I'd have to say work is business as usual besides um waiting for the surge. Uh what else? How has it impacted life? Um as a nursing student, it kind of sucks. Uh, everything's online. 
lectures are online, exams, clinicals, if you could believe that. Um, but, yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't mind riding this wave this semester, but it would feel very unfair if for me and everyone in my cohort had to deal with this up until graduation. Uh, I think nursing is very hands-on and even being in a real classroom, um, I feel like learning is stimulated differently, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, family, um, I stay with my folks and I've only really seen my uh, sister and brother-in-law in the driveway and they we tell them to stay at least six feet back while they drop us off groceries, which is really nice of them. Um, a girlfriend, I haven't seen her since spring break, um, which is three or four weeks ago. But um, yeah, that's, that's what's impacting me right now. Advice, coping with the crisis. Um, you know, it, it is an opportunity, I think, this quarantine, as sucky as it is. Um, try to make the best of it. Stay occupied and be productive. Take care of your physical and mental health. Um, I think a lot of my little spiel on mental health is I think a lot of it, the negative part of your mental health, it, it spirals down from primarily boredom, um, lack of action, uh, slash purpose. So really do whatever it takes to not be bored and be productive. And I think I'm way over time. Sorry about that. Uh, thanks for having me, Janine. All right. Bye. Hi, my name is Katie Hachuela, and I'm a nurse practitioner uh, in Colorado with a private practice. And I just wanted to share my personal story and how COVID-19 has affected my life. Um, right now, I have been furloughed from my practice as people are not coming in for, you know, routine checkups and elective pr procedures. So that's definitely decreased the income coming in for my family. Um, I've also been using this time to kind of reflect on what are my priorities in life. And I've just realized that, you know, a lot of things can be taken away from you, um, but your health is really the most important thing. Um, so through this time, we've really been exploring uh, just ways to improve our health through diet, stress management, connection. And uh, that's really what we've been focusing on. My name's Tina, and I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, and I am a registered nurse on a trauma step-down floor. I realized COVID-19 was a big deal when I found out NYU was turning their dorm rooms into extra hospital beds in case the crisis got out of hand. Um, and with all this noise going on, I've realized that I've become more aware within myself, um, and I just want to give some advice if you guys live alone and you feel lonely, just I'm stealing this quote from Eat, Pray, Love, but make a map of it, get lonely. Now's the time to get into something you never thought you would get into, learn more about yourself, read more. And 2020 is still going, and this is still our year. So keep that in mind, and that will only make the future better. And stay healthy. Hi, my name is Ashley. I am a med surge nurse and I work in a hospital in Melbourne, Florida. 
So, but right now I'm working on our respiratory isolation unit that just opened up where we're taking care of patients who are either being tested for COVID-19 or have tested positive. Um, as soon as a patient tests negative, we will just transfer them off the unit. So um, I've worked there for about a week now and it's been an interesting experience. Um, I realized this was a big deal. Honestly, it's really hard to tell now because um, time is all very much blurring together. So I don't really know, but I kind of realized, I guess, COVID was a big deal about a month ago or so, I would say. You know, once once it was starting to get big in the U.S., we had cases in Florida. People were starting to make a bigger deal about it. Um, we only got our first case here in Melbourne, I think, two weeks ago. And we only started getting cases in the hospital that I work in, like, oh. So, so yeah, we're just barely starting, getting started, I guess, with this. Um... But, yeah, so that's, I guess, when it started to um, affect me. It definitely had a big effect on me because um, my unit that I worked on, the med surge unit, closed. Um, we ended up moving off of the floor that we were working on. And then, eventually, our patient population dropped down so low that they ended up just closing us completely and they dispersed all of us throughout the hospital so I volunteered to be on the um the COVID team or whatever because honestly I was gonna have to go somewhere new anyway to begin with and I wanted to be a part of it I think but um but that definitely affected me so everyone I work with right now is just dispersed throughout the hospital and then I think since then they've closed two different floors as well um the hospital is empty. My sister works as a tech in the MICU and said they had eight patients the other day, which is crazy. They normally have at least 20 to more than that, I think. So, um, so yeah, I think not only is it affecting reg like people who work non-healthcare related jobs where they are having to stay home from work. Some people are getting laid off. Um, some people are losing their jobs completely and everything, which is awful. But, like, we think that, like, healthcare workers are, you know, being slammed right now and having too much work. Actually, a lot of people are not having work because the hospitals are so empty. So it's just a super weird time. We don't really know when this thing is going to pick up. The hospital is totally preparing for us to get slammed the same way that we've seen places in New York get slammed and everything but yeah as of right now we are not I think we you know we've got about 15 to 20 patients on our COVID floor and I think we've got four to six patients last time I worked there that were positives so we are definitely expecting that number to keep growing but we will see um I guess if I had any advice for listeners um on how to cope through this um I guess I'll just say like what I've been doing. I've just been really trying to take care of myself, um, do yoga and exercise a little bit, go on walks, um, trying to just kind of like still stay involved in the community as much as possible. But um, it's definitely difficult. Um, reaching out to other people is definitely a huge thing. But yeah, um, good luck to everyone out there and um, 
everyone else who works in healthcare, definitely best of luck to you all. And um, I do know we, I definitely feel confident we will see the other side of this. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I hope everyone's staying safe and a little more um, regular scheduled podcast coming in the future. So like, share, comment. Can you comment here? I'll favorite this podcast on Anchor and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.